Hey there. If you're yearning for more order, joy, and precious moments of peace, and you want to be fully present with your little ones, I've got something special just for you. It's a free time audit tool that can be your first step towards reclaiming your time and finding that balance. Doing a time audit is key to unlocking a life filled with precious moments to be cherished. By using this tool, you will be able to reclaim control. You will gain a sense of control over your daily routines, allowing you to focus on what truly matters, like spending quality time with your children. You will rediscover joy. The time audit tool will help you identify time-wasting habits and replace them with activities that bring you joy and fulfillment. You'll also unearth peace. By managing your time more efficiently, you will experience a newfound sense of peace, reducing stress and chaos in your daily lives. You will also be more present with the ability to allocate your time mindfully. You'll be more fully present with your children, creating lasting memories during this precious phase of your kids' lives. In short, this time audit is the first step towards a life where you are in control, filled with joy, and able to savor the fleeting moments with your little ones. Don't miss out on this opportunity to transform your daily life into one that's truly meaningful and fulfilling. Grab your free time audit now and make the change you've been yearning for. Simply click on the link to the show notes where you are listening to this podcast or head over to tanyavalentinecoaching.com. That's T-A-N-Y-A-V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N-E coaching.com to access your free time audit today. Hey friend, my name is Tanya Valentine and I'm a mom of three registered nurse turned certified life coach and entrepreneur. And I'm so excited to welcome you to the Momentum Podcast, a weekly podcast where we bypass the small talk and get right into the real struggles moms face every day. From bedtime battles to feeling like no matter what we do, it's never enough. Think of this as your mom support group in the form of a podcast. Each week, we introduce new ways of thinking and actionable tools you can implement to bring more ease, peace, and joy in your home. Go from treading water to finding your flow in motherhood. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Momentum Podcast, the show dedicated to inspiring, uplifting, and empowering women on their journey through motherhood. My name is Tanya Valentine, and I'm thrilled and so very grateful you are here. So I'm going to get honest for a sec here and say that I've been feeling pretty down lately, actually, and I have moments like this. Ever since I was a teenager, I have had these episodes of depression 
And I have to say that I have come a long way, but lately I have to be honest. I've been, I've been having a hard time and I hate even saying that because I don't want to seem ungrateful. I have so much to be grateful for. I know that I'm grateful for this beautiful life I have for my health, for my family. I'm so, so grateful that I am fortunate enough to stay at home with my kids. I never take this for granted. I understand that this day and age, what a privilege it is to be able to stay at home with your kids, but sometimes it can get a bit lonely. I miss the camaraderie of working with a team and I can fall into these holes where I struggle with feelings of low self-worth and low self-esteem. And I know it's all due to my thinking. This knowledge has helped me get out of these holes of depression. And I would say it prevents me from ever experiencing feelings of hopelessness. Knowing that it's all because of my thoughts and knowing that these feelings are temporary definitely gives me the sense of empowerment and faith that it will pass. But when I'm in it, it's hard. And although I know it's my thoughts, sometimes I struggle because the thoughts can feel so true in the moment. Thoughts like nobody cares and I'm not doing enough and there's nothing special about me and I have no talent. But these are all lies. And these thoughts that seem to appear out of nowhere, I really do have a choice whether or not I want to believe them. And I do have the choice to shift my focus. And what you focus on, you magnify in your life. So that's what I want to talk about today. If there are any of you out there experiencing the winter blues like I am, I want to give you the strategies and tools that have worked for me to get through these depressive episodes faster. And they help me, they help to give me hope and feel powerful in knowing that there are things that I can do to help myself that will help prevent me from sinking so low to the point where I would be totally dysfunctional. I can honestly say that even through my depressive episodes, I always remain functional I'm always able to take care of myself and others. And I know it's because of these tools and strategies that I've relied upon over the years. And I'm going to share these tools with you today. And if you try at least one of these things, I know it will help you feel better. So are you feeling like you are in a slump? Maybe you feel like you have no motivation. Maybe you feel like just giving up on whatever that thing is you're working towards. Maybe you feel stuck or feel down and a little depressed as is common this time of year due to the weather. It's called seasonal depression. Whatever it is for you, then this episode is for you. Today, I will talk about the causes of these low-level emotions as well as practical strategies and coping mechanisms you can use to ease you through and help you feel better. And I want to preface this with a disclaimer that although this podcast episode discusses strategies for overcoming depression, it is not intended as medical advice. If you or someone you know is experiencing thoughts of self-harm or harm to others, it is crucial to seek immediate treatment from a healthcare professional. The content shared here is for informational purposes only and professional guidance should be sought for personalized assistance. Your well-being is of utmost importance. 
And I want to repeat these words of wisdom that I heard Pastor Rick Warren say, and that's don't ever make a permanent decision over a temporary situation. Know that all emotions and circumstances are temporary. It will come to pass. Even if it seems like it is taking forever, I promise it will pass, my friend. Never make important decisions when you're in a state of depression. So I am someone who is not a stranger to depression. I have been challenged with bouts of depression ever since I was a teenager. So I know firsthand what this feels like. And I think this goes without saying that it can never hurt to seek help from a healthcare professional if you're feeling depressed. But I would say it's especially important to seek help if you notice it's impairing how you function in everyday life, meaning your ability to care for yourself or those that depend on you. So what causes these low-level emotions? Well, the truth is it's multifactorial, but today I'm not really going to talk about the causes that are out of your control, like genetics, but rather focus on the things that are within your control so that we can feel empowered to do something about it. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is your thoughts, because as I keep repeating over and over again on this show, in case you haven't heard it before, your thoughts always cause your emotions. And this has been said time and time again by experts and thought leaders that our thoughts influence our emotions. Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is a New York Times bestselling author, researcher, lecturer, and corporate consultant has said, Your thoughts drive your feelings and your feelings drive your thoughts. And eventually this loop hardwires your brain into the same patterns. Elizabeth Gilbert, author of Eat, Pray, Love and Big Magic has said, your emotions are the slaves to your thoughts and you are the slave to your emotions. Guatama Buddha said, thoughts drive your emotions, what you think you become. And here's a quote by Lao Tzu, which I'm probably mispronouncing that, but you can spell his name L-A-O space T-Z-U. He is an ancient Chinese philosopher. He said, watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habits. Watch your habits. They become your character. Watch your character. It becomes your destiny. So with this knowledge, what is it that you are thinking about that is causing this low-level emotion? Are you aware of what you're thinking about? If not, it is important to start thinking about what you think about. Start paying attention to your thoughts. Write in a journal. Journaling is so huge because it allows you to slow your thinking down. Unravel the thoughts that are stuck in a loop in your brain and actually look at them as an observer and start to question them. So problem number one is your thoughts. And here are some strategies to overcome this obstacle. Number one, like I said, journal. Even if even if it's just five minutes a day, it's really not that hard. You set a timer for five minutes and you just go to town writing. You don't need to overcomplicate this. Just write down whatever comes to mind. Then I want you to circle all your thoughts. Thoughts are not facts. You need to remember this. Thoughts are just your interpretation of the world around you. They're the stories we make up in our brain. Next up, once you have all your thoughts circled, I want you to question them. Is this thought true? Is it true that you, I don't know, have nothing to offer? 
Well, that's BS because the very fact that you are here living on this earth means that you have value. You have something to offer. God has a purpose for your life. Look at those babies. They need you. You are their everything. You are raising the future generation of this world. This is an important purpose. So once you've questioned all these negative thoughts, it's time to replace these negative lies in your brain with some positivity. So step two is intentionally fill your brain with positivity, podcasts, books, positive people, avoid negative influences like the news and social media. I, for one, never watch the news. I just don't. I refuse to fill my mind with the added fear and negativity. It's just not necessary and it can actually be quite harmful, I think, to your mental health. And then step three is focus your attention on a higher power. I turn to God in my time of need. I pray and I tell him what I'm going through and I ask for his help. I just surrender to him and trust and have faith that it will all work out for the good and that God has a bigger plan for my life. I pray for clarity. I pray for strength. I pray for courage. And I always feel better, lighter, a sense of relief when I'm through. I love saying this too. It will all be okay in the end. And if it isn't okay, then it's not the end. So moving on to problem two, I think can be a a sedentary lifestyle, meaning not moving your body enough. I'm sure you've heard it before, but you've heard it because it's true that movement is medicine and exercise has always been huge for me and helping me get through a low state. It has been a great coping mechanism of mine. And I would say I do it more now for the effects I feel on my mental health versus the effect it has on my physical appearance. When you exercise, it improves the blood flow to your brain and more blood flow to your brain means more oxygen in your brain. Having a regular exercise routine can help boost your brain health as it can decrease the effects of stress on the body. It improves your mental health and mood, and it even enhances memory and cognition. But how can you get yourself motivated when you are feeling so down and your energy levels are in the toilet? It's as easy as just getting started. Just do something. Give yourself five minutes. Literally just walk for five minutes. Go up and down the stairs for five minutes. You don't even need a gym membership or equipment, but you've just got to get started doing something. If you give yourself a minimum of five minutes a day, I know that doesn't seem like enough at first, but if you're not doing anything now, then it's better than doing nothing. And if you're more likely to get your body moving because it's only five minutes, then just start there. You have five minutes. You could easily look on Pinterest or YouTube for a five-minute exercise that you can do. I think I think I may have even seen five-minute exercises on Netflix. Um, but once you get going with your five-minute minimum movement, you will notice that you have started to build a relationship with yourself that you do what you say you are going to do. You build trust in yourself that you can stick to your commitments And then from there, you can gradually extend the time and do more. But the point is, it's really not that difficult. And the benefits you will get out of it will be well worth the effort. 
exercise has been proven to improve sleep, energy levels, mood. It reduces anxiety and depression. It reduces your risks of diseases such as cancer, diabetes, cardiovascular disease. It increases your resilience. Honestly, the list goes on and on when talking about the benefits of exercise. So if you don't have a a regular exercise routine, I cannot stress this enough. Do this and you'll notice the positive impact it will have on your mood. The third problem that can cause these low-level emotions is comparison. Comparison leads to feelings of low self-worth, low self-esteem, inadequacy, inferiority, jealousy, envy, guilt, and shame, among others. These are all low-level emotions that basically make you feel like poo. Comparison is something that we all do as human beings, and it's actually a built-in defense mechanism that at one time served us to keep us alive, but in this day and age, it is actually very debilitating. In the caveman days, we would compare ourselves to others so that we would fit in with the crowd and not be kicked out of the tribe because to be kicked out of the tribe would mean you lose the protection of the group and you would die. But we don't have to worry about that anymore. And yet we do this. We compare and it makes us feel like crap. So how do we overcome this built-in survival mechanism? It's not as easy as saying, well, I don't give a crap what people think. It's more of just working on ourselves and developing a better sense of self-worth, self-love, and that self-assuredness, knowing that we are individuals designed to be our own unique puzzle piece, and we all have our own unique story. We all have different, we all have a different genetic code, birth orders, upbringing, life experiences, traumas, circumstances that all influence our personality and how we interpret and show up in the world. It's important to know that we are not meant to be like anyone else, to be intentional about looking for our strengths because we all have this negativity bias. The negativity bias is yet another survival mechanism, which says basically your brain automatically looks for the negative over the positive because it's designed to scan the environment for danger in order to protect you and keep you alive. So you must override that negativity bias by putting in the intentional effort to look for the good. Identify your strengths. You have them. I promise you, you have the strengths. So strategy to overcome comparison is number one, I would say avoid social media. And number two, make intentional effort to look for the positives in your life and identify your strengths. So that leads me into the next problem, which is feeling sorry for ourselves, the sense of victimhood. This is not good as it completely disempowers us and can put you in a hopeless state, one filled with lack and a very dark, narrow focus. The antidote to this is gratitude. I can't stress the importance of gratitude enough. According to an article in bettersleep.com, in one study, people wrote down five things they they were grateful for every day for a week, and they had higher levels of immunoglobulin A than those who didn't. And immunoglobulin 
A is an antibody that helps fight off infection. So gratitude can actually help keep you healthy by boosting your immune system. Other health benefits of gratitude are improved sleep, improved relationships, improved mood, and less stress and worry. Zig Ziglar, a prolific author and motivational speaker said, gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more likely you will have even more to express gratitude for. So how do you put this into practice? Start developing an attitude of gratitude. One way you can do this is by catching yourself when you are complaining either out loud or in your head. And you can say to yourself, wait a minute, what about this can I be grateful for? For example, for me this morning, as I was brushing my hair, I caught myself complaining about how much I can't stand my hair and how knotted it gets. And then I thought, wait a minute, how many cancer patients or people suffering with alopecia would kill to have this hair? If you look hard enough, you will find something to be grateful for. You might need to zoom out a little bit from the problems in your life to see it from a different perspective, but if you force yourself to look for something to be grateful for, you will find it. Whatever you look for, you will find. Another great exercise to do is a gratitude practice. Just take five minutes or, you know what, even start with two minutes and just write down as many things as you can that you can be grateful for. If you can't think of anything to be grateful for, then let me give you a start. The fact that you are listening to this podcast episode, the device that you are listening on, whether it be a phone or a laptop or an iPad, whatever it is, what a privilege to be able to have these little devices that connect us with people all over the world. We have access to so much information information with just a click of a button, of a button. The fact that you have clean drinking water, electricity. I'm guessing that if you're listening to this, you have a roof over your head to keep you sheltered, protected, and warm. How about running water? I was reading an article from OxfamAmerica.org that read, on average, women and children in developing countries walk 3.7 miles and carry five gallons every day to bring clean water home to their families. So clean drinking water and clean running water to bathe in and wash our clothes and dishes in is something to be extremely grateful for. Do this every day and watch the effects it has on your life. The next thing I want to talk about is decluttering, letting go of both the physical and mental garbage you're holding on to. Decluttering isn't just about organizing your physical space. It extends to your mental well-being. The items we surround ourselves with and the thoughts we hold on to contribute significantly to our emotional state. Clearing physical clutter can create a sense of order and peace, but it goes hand in hand with addressing mental clutter. Our minds can become cluttered with negative thoughts, self-doubt, and past grievances. By consciously letting go of what no longer serves us, we create space for positivity and a clearer perspective. If you want help with your physical decluttering, be sure to check out my decluttering checklist for busy moms. It's a quick and easy step-by-step method you can use that helps take the guesswork out of decluttering. You can access this checklist either from where you're listening to this podcast, you will see a link, or 
you can access the link from the show notes. So another thing that can have an impact on your mood is nutrition. Deficiencies in nutrients, meaning not getting enough nutrients like protein, B vitamins, vitamin D, magnesium, zinc, selenium, iron, calcium, and omega-3 fatty acids have a significant impact on brain and nervous system function, which can affect the appearance of depressive symptoms. Now, I'm not going to get into too much detail with this, but I will share some facts about the nutrients that I have learned to be the most important, which are B vitamins, vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids, and magnesium. Now, B vitamins support your body's processes at a cellular level. A folate deficiency, which is vitamin B9, can increase your risk factors for depression. You can find B vitamins in foods like red meat, poultry, whole grains, and dark leafy vegetables. Also, I think it's important to note that drinking alcohol can inhibit your body's ability to absorb and use B vitamins. So if you want to enhance the effects of B vitamins, meaning if you are going to take a B vitamin and you want it to be able to do its job so that you can feel at your best, then you might want to consider avoiding alcohol. Vitamin D is important in the development of your brain and bones and low levels have been associated with depressive symptoms and even disorders like schizophrenia. You can get vitamin D from the sun, which I know we are all lacking this time of year, but you can also get it from oily fishes like salmon or tuna or milk and dairy products. Now, omega-3 fatty acids also play a vital role in your brain structure and function, and it has been shown to be beneficial in the treatment of depression, PTSD, and bipolar disorder. Omega-3s can be found in fish, oysters, nuts, and seeds. Next, minerals like zinc and magnesium contribute to your brain health and neurological function. Magnesium is huge because its function is to relax. Magnesium is involved in more than 600 enzymatic reactions, including energy metabolism and the creation of proteins in your body. Any twitching, spasm, or irritability, think anxiety, in the body is probably related to low magnesium levels. In fact, when women come into the hospital in preterm labor or if she has preeclampsia, which is high blood pressure in pregnancy, they are treated with IV magnesium because it helps the blood vessels relax, lowering blood pressure, and helps the muscles relax in the uterus, which then stops the contractions. So low levels of magnesium can also cause constipation, which is why constipation can often be treated with milk of magnesia or magnesium citrate. Magnesium can also help you sleep. So if you are thinking about taking a supplement, you might want to take it at night. Another thing you can do is take an Epsom salt bath before going to bed. And Epsom salt is actually magnesium sulfate. And by soaking in an Epsom salt bath, your body actually absorbs the magnesium through your skin. And this helps relax sore muscles. And it can also help you get a good night's rest. Now, there are things that can lower your magnesium levels, such as a diet high in sugar and starch, alcohol, and coffee, and then foods that are good, that are a good natural source of magnesium, 
are green leafy vegetables like kale, spinach, or Swiss chard, whole grains, nuts, beans, and pumpkin seeds. Now, if you get honest with yourself, though, you know how you feel when you regularly eat foods that are not good for you. You feel sluggish, bloated, and for me, it can just worsen my depression. And we can get caught in the cycle of feel bad, eat something that's probably not good for us to avoid the crappy feeling, feel good for a short period because you get that pleasure, that dopamine hit, but then you feel worse. And then we end up eating more even when we don't need it because our body knows it's lacking in nutrients that it needs to perform at its best. And you're not getting those nutrients from ultra processed, starchy, sugary foods. So your body might be telling you that you're hungry, even when you might have met your body's caloric requirements, but you haven't necessarily met the nutrient requirements. Does that make sense? And then the more foods like this that we eat, the sugary, starchy, ultra-processed foods, the more we are going to crave. So we end up caught in this vicious cycle when we are not only emotionally eating, that's eating to escape our unpleasant emotions, but we're also eating because we're addicted to these crappy foods that aren't actually supplying our bodies with the adequate nutrition we need. But they're also depleting our bodies of the nutrients we do need to feel and function at our best. On to the next thing, which is sleep. According to a study I read from the CDC where they examined the association between inadequate sleep and frequent mental distress in a diverse sample of adults aged 18 to 65, they found that 13% of the study participants experienced inadequate sleep and 14.1% experienced frequent mental distress. And participants who averaged six hours or less of sleep per night were about two and a half times more likely to have frequent mental distress. In other words, inadequate sleep is associated with significantly increased odds of mental distress. I know this can be hard for moms, especially when you were, you were in that newborn phase or the dreaded teething stage or when your kids are sick. But if you are lacking sleep because you are having a hard time falling asleep or if you wake up multiple times a night and have a hard time falling asleep again, then here are some suggestions of things that could help. First off, I can't stress enough the importance of avoiding taking a sleep aid like Ambien or an anti-anxiety medication like Xanax or Ativan to help you sleep. These medications are highly addictive and they're only meant to be used on an as-needed, very short-term basis. Things to avoid that could be interrupting your sleep are things like alcohol, sugar, carbonated drinks, and then avoiding caffeine after 2 p.m. And it can also help to have a bedtime routine where you dim the lights, you avoid blue light from screens, or you can even wear those blue blocker glasses that block the blue light from screens that, uh, you know, the blue light, it keeps you up at night. And according to sleepfoundation.org, the best room temperature to sleep is approximately 65 degrees Fahrenheit for the most comfortable sleep. Also taking an Epsom salt bath with a little lavender essential oil can, can help improve sleep. Put a lavender essential oil in your diffuser if you have one at night while you're doing your nighttime routine. Getting up at the same time every morning can help regulate your circadian rhythm and help you sleep better. Having a regular exercise routine, but avoiding exercise at least one to two hours before going to bed 
giving endorphin levels time to wash out and the brain time to wind down, according to an article I read from John Hopkins Medicine. Uh, meditation or prayer before bed is also a great way to wind down and improve your sleep. The next thing I want to talk about is the importance of connection in improving your mental health. And this is one I tend to struggle with, and it is definitely something I want to get better at. But studies have shown that loneliness is as bad for people's health as smoking 15 cigarettes per day. Can you believe that? So reach out to others. Don't wait for others to reach out to you. If you haven't received a phone call from a friend or family member in a while, don't make it mean anything about you. Please don't. It's not that they don't care. Life just gets busy, right? And we can all get caught up in our own stuff. So be the one that takes the lead. Be the friend that you want others to be to you. You'll be so glad you did. Now, as we wrap up this episode, I want to express my gratitude for each one of you who took the time to listen. Remember, these strategies shared today are not a one-size-fits-all solution, but tools that have made a difference in my life. If you find yourself in a place of darkness, don't hesitate to seek professional help. Together, let's embrace the power within us to reshape our thoughts, engage in positive practices, and foster a sense of gratitude. Life's challenges are temporary, and by making intentional choices, we can navigate through them with strength and resilience. Thank you for being a part of this journey, and if I could ask a quick favor before you go... If you found this show valuable, would you mind taking two minutes to leave a rating and review? This helps more people find the show. And if you know anyone who is going through a tough time and you think they would benefit from the content discussed in today's episode, please consider sharing it with them. I would be so incredibly grateful. Until next time, take care and remember that you are not alone. Life coaching is all about empowering yourself, leveling up, and taking decisive action. It's about learning how to live a more conscious, intentional life, one with passion and purpose, being reminded that you are in the driver's seat of this thing called life. Yes, there are things that will happen that are out of your control, but allow me to remind you of the things that are in your control so you can find your way to peace through any storm. Have you ever felt that inner nudge, that restless feeling deep within, like there's more for you out there? I want you to know that it's your soul speaking to you, and I'm here to help you tune in and listen. I believe those whispers are your dreams yearning to come to life. Let's work together to uncover that inner voice, decipher its message, and turn your dreams into reality. Ready to take that first step? Sign up for a free 30-minute coaching call with me. Let's embark on this transformative journey together. Your dreams are waiting, and I'm here to help you bring them to fruition. Click the link below or simply head to tanyavalentinecoaching.com. That's T-A-N-Y-A-V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N-E coaching.com and click work with me to sign up for your free 30-minute mini session today.